What do you think? Terps beating Terps too often this season. I like turtles. All right, you're great, zombie. Here's a little free foot. They've had great success this season. They strike again. This time by Ty Foster. Touchdown from 52. And they got the usual from Kenneth Walker. 143 yards, two more touchdowns. Michigan State is 9-1 as they bounce back from their first loss of the season. And a matchup for the Buckeyes on deck. Hello, everybody. You're listening to a action-packed episode of Spartan Crazies with Ryan and Tim. I'm Ryan, and he's Tim over there. So, uh, yeah, Michigan State wins two games. Uh, basketball team won against Western, and MSU beat Maryland on Saturday. Got two games coming up this week. MSU, actually, yeah, we do have two baskets. We have three games coming up this week, actually. Uh MSU plays at Butler on Wednesday night for the Gavit games, and they play Eastern on Saturday. Eastern, Eastern, Eastern Michigan on Saturday for basketball at Breslin, um, and then Michigan State goes travels to Columbus for essentially a an elimination game for uh, the Big Ten championship. So. Uh, Pretty action-packed week. Uh, we're going to start out talking football, and Michigan State beat Maryland pretty easily. I kind of figured it wouldn't be that close. Uh, they won 40-21. to I said they wouldn't buy at least two touchdowns. Uh, Peyton Thorne had a really good game. He had four touchdowns. Kenneth Walker, by his standards, was somewhat of a pedestrian game. He had only 143 rushing yards, you know. So, you know, not great for him, I guess, but... Uh, I mean, he's, I would say he's arguably the Heisman front runner right now. Uh, maybe CJ Stroud and, uh, Bryce Young from Alabama are up there. Stroud's obviously the Ohio State quarterback, but, uh. So this is a Heisman showdown. I mean, yeah, I, I, I think that the, the odds favor, uh. Between those two, they favor Walker right now. I but. just checked. Walker's the third best odds when I checked, um. I don't remember the names, but I think Bryce prob- Young was probably one of them. Probably, yeah. Um, but yeah, he had a big game. I guess he, he rushed for under five yards to carry. So you know, uh, not his not his best game of the year, but still you know pretty damn good uh, for had, almost anybody. He had receiving too. He I- did. He had a he had a nice. He had one. He had two catches actually. He had one for seventeen yards. Uh, so he had a. He was effective out of the backfield, too. I mean, I mean uh, as a receiver out of the backfield, and that hasn't happened much all year, uh, utilizing him in that role. So my Tory Foster caught the first touchdown pass of the game. To be honest, I don't remember a lot of the first half. So <laughs> was Tim and I tailgated for the game, and, yeah, somebody broke out liquor, and uh, all hell broke loose for me. So uh, I was at the game, but, yeah, um, yeah, Montre Foster, they ran a flea flicker play for like the 50th time this year, scored a touchdown on it, 50-yard play. That was his only catch of the game, but that was his first touchdown of his career, so that was nice to see with Nayar out. Nice fees, the third guy, uh, third receiver, and he could step up behind uh, Mosley and Reed. Reed had a monster game again, over 100 yards, two touchdowns. Um, I know, like I said, Peyton Thorne – 
his best game in a while. I mean, he hasn't played that well the last few weeks, I guess, by his standards. Um, I guess the last three weeks, honestly. Uh, four, four touchdowns, one pick, almost 300 yards. Solid game, 22 of 30. Um, yeah, I mean, the defense gave up passing yards like I thought they would. They gave up, I think, 350 passing yards to Tiger Viola. And Maryland's rushing game, like I said, sucks. They were trash. Uh, I think they had, yeah, they had like 97 yards rushing. So they averaged 3.9 yards per carry. So they were basically throwing the ball the entire game. Yeah, he had almost 50 uh, passing attempts. So that should tell you all you need to know about how they felt about Michigan State's pass defense, that they were just willing to throw the ball around the entire game. But they they were able to hold them uh, most of the game. Uh, Rakeem Jarrett had a big game, like I said he would. They had two guys go over 200, 100 yards. Um, Oconquo. Yeah, Oconquo was the other guy. Let's uh, let's talk about if we want to look at this through a like the bad lens. Third quarter, um, they scored. You know, we got the the pick, which was a big swing, but then Maryland scored. A lightning fast touchdown. And so, so let me bring this up. Uh, this was yeah. This, this is, is where this is my biggest gripe. This, this is where they're missing Quavaris Crouch, right? I mean, because this these guys are just running through the middle like it's nothing. Um, I saw a lot of tweets saying Swiss cheese. Um, like, tell me what you're thinking. And the worst. Are you talking about scenario? the one where they scored before halftime? Or that no. That was the, that was the worst one. I think the, the one they was, were both. Just that, like, 30-second drives, yeah. they scored instantly. My The one that infuriated me the most was the one before half because they played prevent the entire drive. And there was, like, they scored a touchdown in less than a minute. And there were there was less than two minutes left in the half. <laughs> and they were just dinking and dunking the ball. I, I, get, I get the strategy, but, dude, like, what are we doing here? Uh... But, yeah, I, they missed Crouch in this game, and like Tim said, he did not play. So, Noah Harvey, who, you know, he's okay. He's not – he made a pick. He He's not He's not a great athlete, I guess, per se, uh, compared to Crouch. And, like, you could tell there was a big drop-off in uh, play at linebacker without Crouch. So, hopefully he can play this weekend because they're going to need him. But, uh, yeah, I uh, – the secondary is banged up. Chuck Brantley didn't play again. Uh, so I, they are down. I know I said when Kalen Gervin left, it wasn't that big of a deal. But uh, they could probably use him for depth right now. And uh kind of sucks that he left. I know he got passed up, but it would have been nice to have him for the rest of the year. Because at least you have a body there. But, yeah, speaking of, uh, Jalen Berger from... Wisconsin, the uh, the running back transfer. He transfer. He's transferring from Wisconsin. Was at Michigan State this weekend for a visit. Is so that the basketball this, game? Is that the basketball game? I think I don't know if he went to the football game or not, but I know he was on campus this weekend. Yeah. So and he was sitting next to William Piegler, the running backs coach, at the basketball game. So he was here for a visit with the football program. Um. So you could see Michigan State's thinking ahead with Kenneth Walker, ninety nine point nine percent sure uh, that he he's going to go pro. They're looking 
forward to next year to see, hey, who's going to take that running back role. So that's something to watch out for. I thought of that because Kalon Gervin obviously transferred to Wisconsin. That dude's transferring from Wisconsin. I'll take that trade all day. They can have Gervin. We'll take Burger. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but yeah. So, solid, I mean, this kind of went how I expected it would go. Maryland is not that good. Also, I forgot that Dan Enos is uh, Maryland's offensive coordinator. Something I did not realize until the game started. So, that was kind of funny. Uh guy who played at MSU, coached here, and then took the Michigan – took the Michigan uh, – I think I can't remember what he was going to coach there, but he they hired him for like two weeks, and he said – Saban offered him a job, and he said, see ya, I'm out of here. Um, so, yeah, he's at Maryland, which, okay, it feels like that guy's been everywhere <laughs> across the entire world. I mean, good Lord. But, uh, yeah, not really much to talk about with this game, honestly. I mean, Michigan State was able to – pretty much dominate this game. Uh, I didn't really look at the team stats, but it, it was not close throughout this game. MSU's third down efficiency was really good this game at 8-13. They were, Maryland only went 3-13, so that's a positive sign because MSU's kind of struggled getting off the field on third down this year. Um, but, yeah, MSU only had 30 more total yards than Maryland did, which is somewhat surprising to me. Uh, there were... I'll say this. If we're trying to find problems, Maryland had a lot of dropped passes, like tons. Now, that's somewhat on the the quarterback, too. But, you know, this game could have been a lot different. Um, there was one that a lot of people were unhappy with because it ended up in a touchdown for Maryland where he caught it, like, halfway out of bounds. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not really going to get here, sit here and, like, argue that. But, you know, there were plays like that that, you know, could have gone – Maryland's way more, and they just were kind of not executing. Um, and then I think, you know, there was times where the game was a little um, edgy, right? Where the, the the stadium had to be nervous. Right? I wasn't in the stadium. I mean, kind of. I, I, I don't know. It wasn't I – don't, I didn't feel nervous much of any time during this game. Because like, Ryan was really sober. Yeah, I was extremely sober for this game. I, uh, I don't know, man. It just did. It, it felt like the entire game. I was just like, I knew MSU was going to win. I had like even at the start of the game, I, like I wasn't nervous at all because they scored right away. Yeah, they scored right away, and Maryland's just they're Maryland. I don't know. I'm not, like they, they are terrible late in the year. They are really bad. Uh, they start out great in September. Have a big September. And then the conference play hits, and they suck. So, really not that surprised by this outcome at all. I kind of called this happening. Um, And I was right that Maryland would be able to move the ball on Michigan State, but MSU kind of held them. So, um, they uh, MSU did what they were supposed to do. Um, Maryland, hopefully, uh, they can pull some insane... uh, Rabbit out of the hat this next weekend because they play at they play Michigan at home, which they're gonna win that game. Michigan's gonna win that game, but it would be nice if Maryland could somehow pull a miracle off and win and just get Michigan out of the Big Ten title race altogether. We'll get into the scenarios in a little bit, but yeah. So this is the big game. This is the this is the elimination game for the Big Ten East championship. So Michigan State goes to Columbus. 
It's a noon game Saturday. Uh, MSU is kind of, I mean, you can't say they're playing with house money right now, but just based on the preseason expectations. But uh, Del Tucker has made it very clear that they are expecting to go in and win this game. So I I don't feel the same way, but I'm also not on the team. So I can't, if I was on the team, I wouldn't be saying that. But, uh, yeah, Ohio State is the cream of the crop of the Big Ten again. Surprise, surprise. Um, they are – they have talent all over their roster. Their offense is unreal. They're averaging over 40 points a game. Stroud has 30 touchdown passes this year, their quarterback. They have three really, like, all-American-type wide receivers, honestly. Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, and Jackson Smith uh, – and Jigba, uh, really good. Smith and Jigba has over a thousand yards, and the other two have over seven hundred. Um, Trey Henderson is the running back, uh, true freshman, best true freshman player arguably in the country this year. He's over a thousand rushing yards. Their defense is so so. It's not like it's not it's not some world beater. They do enough to win games, and when you have Ohio State's offense, the defense doesn't have to do, like, a ton, I guess. Uh, they don't really have, like, a standout edge rusher like they've had in past years, like a Bosa or Chase Young. Uh, Zach Harrison's okay, I mean, but he hasn't really broken out. He was a top-five recruit in the country a couple years ago. He hasn't really broken out most way most people thought he would, uh, but he's their edge rush guy. Uh Asko Garrett is their leading sack guy. He's a defensive tackle. He's four and a half sacks this year. And Maga Teote's brother, uh, I don't know how to pronounce his name. I'm probably going to botch it. Paele plays for Ohio State. He's a linebacker for them. Doesn't start, but he plays a decent amount. Um, Yeah, Ohio State is Ohio State. I mean, Michigan State's done this before. They went to Columbus and won. I was there. It was awesome, but... This team, to me, this Michigan State team, doesn't have the horses that 2015 team had. Uh, and, yeah, I get it. Michigan State was down to their backup quarterback when they won their six years ago now. Um, but, uh, I mean, let's, let's be honest. As much as this annoys me, that rain did help Michigan State in that game six years ago. Well, just by the play calling. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, that, that not giving Zeke Elliott the ball more than the twelve times that he got was uh, it was a fireball offense by uh, their it, offensive. It was a head scratcher. Yeah, and I would like to know, teams were just murdering that Michigan State team, just going super deep, and they really they tried it like once maybe. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I think they took a couple shots downfield that game. It just they didn't really. It wasn't the great the greatest environment. Weather wise, to try that, but um, I would, yeah, there are some parallels here, right? Like the the games in Columbus, it's kind of for you know the Big East, you know, they still have to beat Penn State, Michigan State does if they but, win this game, yeah. But you would have to think if they beat Ohio they're State, they're gonna beat Penn State at home, exactly, yeah. So, anyway, continue. Um, yeah, Ohio State is Ohio State. I I expect Ohio State to beat Michigan State. I mean, it's, it's not rocket science. Uh, 
I, I think Ohio State is going to move the ball at will against MSU, especially through the air, because MSU has struggled with uh, – I mean, they've been able to keep teams out of the end zone, but Ohio State's different. They're not – it's not like they're playing Maryland or, hell, even Michigan. Not even Ohio State is light years ahead of most of the Big Ten and talent on the roster. I mean, that's undeniable. Um, I I just don't – I think Michigan State can stay in this game for three and a half quarters and then all hell could break loose and Ohio State just runs away with the game. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it it would be nice to have Kenneth Walker have a big game here and just kind of go off and have, like, a big Heisman moment again. Uh, I... Tim's looking up the weather right now for it's supposed to be cloudy and 47 is a high. I, yeah, I'm not. It's not supposed to rain, so not yet. At not least. yet. Um I don't know, man. I I'm not I don't feel good about this game and uh I'm happy MSU's in this position where they can say, "Hey, if we win this game, we have the inside track to go to Indianapolis." That's that's how I feel about this. I'm not going to get if they lose this game, I'm not going to lose my mind over, it, you know. Unless they get blown out by like fifty points, then I probably wouldn't be very happy about that. But MSU is playing in with two weeks less left in the regular season, playing to go to Indianapolis, which is something none of us thought was going to happen before the season. So just keep keep that into perspective. Don't lose your mind if they lose this game. Um, they're nine and one. They're nine and one. <laughs> like which is insane. Mel uh, could easily. Have a ten win season. Yeah, it's year in year two. It's just crazy. It's, it's insane to think about. Um, I I would like to just win this game though. So one, obviously Michigan State goes to Indianapolis. Two, you don't have to listen all week about Ohio State Michigan to go to the Big Ten championship game because that is going to be unbearable to listen to for, <laughs> for an entire straight week, and I would prefer not to listen to it. But um. Yeah, I I don't know, man. Ohio State's Ohio State. It's not like they're. I mean, they they have almost Alabama and Georgia talent on that roster. I. It's it's, it's a it's a tall task to ask this team to beat Ohio State in the shoe, but I mean, it, I guess it can be done. Would I bet on it? No. Do I think it can happen? Sure, maybe. So you're not betting money. Line I would not Michigan bet State. money line Michigan State if I was a betting. Man. So let me be the opposite of what we usually are. It's usually you're higher on Michigan State, and I'm, I bring us back down. Um, there's a couple of things. This is going against what I just said, but you know, home game at the shoe. I've been to Columbus during a game. I actually have never been in the shoe. I mean, for a game of this magnitude, you could argue this is the biggest game of their season. It is. Um, the place is going to be rocking, and that's not good. No. That's not good for Michigan State. That's number one. Number two, um, matchups. You know, a lot of teams have been taking advantage, as Ryan has said, of Michigan State's secondary. Um, they've got... A quarterback who is a Heisman candidate. They've got these wide receivers who you could argue are all just as good as David Bell. Probably Probably better. better, Yeah. And they've got a couple of them. That's not good. Okay. Um, But let me me bring us back down. If 
Oregon isn't the best team that uh, that Ohio State's played all year, then it's Michigan State. This they have honestly had kind of an easy schedule. You you could say Penn State like tough team to play. Yeah, they're not good. But other than playing Oregon at home early in the season, by the way, which you could say goes either way for them. This is like one of the hardest games potentially they'll have. Now, Michigan State's a little banged up. I think um, Quivaris Crouch, if he plays or not, is massive. That's a big, that's a big It's very big. Um, a couple other absences um, that could really hurt Michigan State. Um, Jared Horst hasn't been playing. He's been. He hasn't. He's a DNP every last couple of weeks. Uh, but you. If I look at the schedule. I see no, Nebraska gave him a game. I see Penn State gave him a game. I see Purdue, who did beat Michigan State, and, you know, that those were specific conditions. You know, they put 30 up on them. Now they, they, they got were, eaten they alive. They were all big in that They game. got eaten alive, but you can put points up on them, which yeah. you've noted. In my head, I'm thinking if Penn State can give Ohio State a game, Michigan State can Thing is, is Ohio State played their C plus B minus game against Penn State, which could be Michigan due. State has got to hope that they get that honestly to have a chance in this game. It could be opinion. due to Penn State's defense. Could be due to other factors. Um, how how many like is this Stroud's first season? Yeah, as the quarterback there. Yeah, I mean this this is a this is, this is a playoff game. game. Yeah, really. In reality, it is. And he's got to show up. And yes, they're at home, and it's going to be bumping. We've seen Michigan State win in Columbus. Do I favor them? No. And we'll get to the picks. Vegas very much <laughs> does, does not like Michigan State. Very much State. does not favor them. But they haven't liked Michigan State all season. Who, by the way, is nine and one and eight and two against the spread. So if we're talking spread bets. We'll get there. Not nearly as. Uh, gloomy as we're making out to be, but can Michigan State win this game? Yes. Now we'll see on Saturday how it goes. Noon game. Um, I don't know. You know, some people think that matters. What do you think? You think it's just not? I think yeah, nothingness. Really here. No. Well, if it were a night game in Columbus, it would be <coughs> it would be more difficult. I think, but I don't think it makes that big of a difference here. They they get to wake up, get ready, go play. Um, no build up during the day. I think sometimes that can hurt or help a team depending on it which. Just way. depends. If it's like, unless it's a Michigan Michigan State type game when it's at noon, then it doesn't matter. But this isn't the same thing as that, so I guess it might make a difference here. But uh, yeah, I I don't. Let me just finish with this. They haven't played a team that has Kenneth Walker on it, and they haven't played a team. That is, I don't know much about Oregon, but I'm just going to go out on a limb and say oh, uh, Michigan State's got some pretty great offensive pieces, and they're going to be able to score on Ohio State. I, I, think, I think they'll be able to score some points. Just It's the other side. Yeah. And that's the big worry and probably why the spread is what it is. But um, I'm with Ryan. It's, it's a position that we couldn't have even like, imagined they'd be in. And the fact that we're talking about going to Indy or playoffs, that's just crazy. Yeah, it's insane. So you got to be happy for what it is. 
I there'd be one scenario I'd be unhappy. It would be just a massive blowout, which I just don't really think is going to happen because Michigan State isn't that team. They have fought back. They have won games when they were down. And I think if they go down, which I do expect Ohio State to kind of dictate this game, I think that you might see a little bit of a um, pushback from Michigan State's side where they make a furious effort to close the gap. If Michigan State's just leading the whole game, I don't know what I'll to feel, do. I'll feel good about it, yeah. Yeah. Then you're feeling great. That's probably not going to happen, but, you know. I You know, if there's if there, we got a game going in the fourth, anything could happen. Yep. Because they're going to be feeling it, those Ohio State players. They're going to be feeling the nerves. Like, this is this one's big. And, I you know, I was looking at their schedule. To have to close out their season on, like, Maybe they're Penn open. State, Maybe. Uh, Purdue, Michigan State, Michigan. That's a crazy. I doubt they're going to look ahead, but that's something that might happen here as they play Michigan next week. I know that they, I you know personally know that they take Michigan State real serious they do. down there. They do um, because they have a saying in Ohio: "We don't give a damn about the whole state of Michigan." So they kind of group us in there, and we aren't their you know team up north rivals, but. Um, they played them a hell of a lot tougher than Michigan has over yeah, the last 15 years. They, at least their fans, I know for a fact, they, they are respect, going to they be were, nervous about this they game. Respect, they respect, from what I've gathered from Ohio State fans, they do respect Michigan State. Yeah, so this one's big, and it couldn't, it could go against us, but 9-1, um, and one, you've just got to be thrilled. Right. So, um, do you have anything left to add? I just don't really, I, I, I think that, uh, I mean, you got Kenneth Walker, so he can keep you in a game almost single-handedly. Uh, it's just something to think about. Let's talk about Heisman implications, because some people if he are goes like, off here, he locks it up. In my opinion, he goes off, and MSU is in at least a close game. I think that he almost locks this thing up. And if he does poorly, and Stroud goes off, it's done. Yeah, then he's probably done. But I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I feel like right now he's arguably the front runner because I've seen. A lot of like mock polls that have had Walker super super high up or winning in these mock polls because I know the Athletic does has done a couple of them and Walker's won each one so something something to keep in mind I guess I I just don't see Michigan State winning this game but I mean I've seen crazier stuff happen I mean hell MSU was uh fourteen. I think it was 13. No, they were 13-point underdogs going to Columbus six years ago. And that was before everybody knew Connor Cook was not going to be playing. And they went in there and they won the game. So, I mean, I told, I get it. Totally different team. Not the same thing. But, I mean, Michigan State does have a history of beating Ohio State in big games. So, something to think about. Yep. So, um, this was, or is, I should say, a double W podcast. Um, because it's the best time of year. We're getting Michigan State football and basketball dubs. And, um, you know, we talked about Western on our last podcast. Was expected win. I'll note that the spread was something like... It was 24 and a half. It was 24? Okay. That was... It doesn't matter. They cleared that easily. Which is something I'm looking for in this game. I mean, let's be real. If they're playing better than like these computers have them to be, that's a good sign, right? It it's always good 
when a team is beating the spread consistently. Uh, like Michigan State football. Ever heard of them? So, um, it was good for them to get that win against the spread. I think uh, we can go through the game. Um, were you there? No, you couldn't I make could it. could not go to the game. Okay. <coughs> so, I'm just going to go through each player real quick because it was honestly like good things from everybody. And I don't want to really pass anyone up. Um, Ken Palm has the MVP as Joey Hauser. He was two for four from three. That's good. You want to see Joey, like, 50%? We'll take that. Um, still needs to work on... Sorry, I was going to say his free throws, but he made both of them. Um, he had 12 rebounds. He was a double-double because he had uh, 12 points. 12 points, 12 rebounds. Four assists. He had some really good passes. Only one turnover, a block, two steals. Good game from him. Um, Gabe Brown, leading scorer once again. Ryan, what I tell you, man? He said he's going to be the leading scorer this year. And guess what? He went 0 for 3 from 3. He could have easily cleared 20. Now, this is Western, but he had some good looks that he just clanged out. And um, the team overall shot very poor from 3, 21.1%. So many of those were open looks. And Max Christie went 1 from 6. Gabe Brown, 0 for 3. Straight up telling you right now, that's not going to happen often. These guys are really good shooters. And them going one for nine, and like a lot of them were open, that's just not going to happen. So many of them, Ryan, were in and out, you know. And those are the kind of just, oh, well. Now, this is a pure aberration. They're not going to shoot poorly all season when you've got your best shooters shooting poorly. Like, those are guys you can count on to be good, okay. Izzo said in the postgame, Max Christie, he's such a good shooter, he doesn't even care about this. Like, he knows he's going to be an awesome shooter. Um, still, free throws, you know, he went one for two. It would be nice to see him get more. He had six boards. Rebounds were kind of the name of the game in this one. They had, let me do the math real quick, 58 to 28. Out-rebounded Western by 30. 50%, over 50%. Of their misses, they rebounded. They're getting over 50% of their offensive boards. That's crazy. I mean, honestly, it is. Now, again, this is Western. They um, yeah, were down their best player. Their sure. best player who's not a rebounder, but that is important to note. He, um, the artist White, who hurt us last season, he went out early, something wrong with his knee or something. Um, their big guy who starts, Titus Wright, he had... Uh, foul trouble that definitely impacted it. He ended up with zero rebounds. That's not very good. But honestly, I think that there was a theme here. Um, I'll get to the other guys. But last year, Ryan, we were in a game with Western at halftime. Ended up pulling away for like eighteen point victory. But none of their um, by games against mid-majors last year, did they win by more than 20? None. And the fact that we convincingly beat Duke and convincingly beat Notre Dame kind of hoodwinked us. We thought, okay, well, they'll figure it out. I think, man, I think that those were the red flags from the beginning. That they were kind of just barely beating these teams. Not barely, but, you know. Struggling with them for a half. Not really putting them away. Um... 
they ended up winning this by 44, and it came down to the defensive end because Western only scored 46. They could not penetrate. They could, you know, they were missing a lot of threes, but that was a lot due to Michigan State. They were making things extremely tough. They were getting all the boards, and Michigan State out-rebounded Kansas. Now, is Kansas going to be some force on the glass? I can't tell you that right now, but I can tell you that they're a really damn good team, and they're showing that they can rebound. Joey Hauser, for all of his defensive deficiencies, he is clearly the best rebounder so far this season on the team, and that makes him valuable because if he's shooting you know, even close to 40% from three, this guy has a role. Maybe he's not going to be a lockdown defensive player, but if he can get double-digit boards and hit shots, which they're finding him open this season, Ryan. They're finding him off the pick-and-roll with wide-open shots, and it's looking pretty when it goes down. Um, I, you know... You can point to Beardis White, their you know most potent offensive player being out. That probably throws you out of whack mid-game. You got to really adjust when you're playing Michigan State at Breslin. But I don't think that he would have made a giant difference. They lost by 44. Um, I see only good things coming out of this. And let me come back to the fact that the Michigan State shot 21% from three. They could have easily put up over 100 and won by 50-something. I mean, they were missing open shots. It wasn't like, you know, Western was doing something special. Uh, Let's go to – we talked about Gabe for a second. He's getting to the line more, seven free throws, made all seven. Gabe is just – He's always been. He's he's lights out. Yeah. Free throw shooter. That's why they need him. Seven rebounds. That's big for us. Tyson Walker. Now, this is a big one. You know, there's a big – like, who's going to play, you know, who's going to start, who's going to play more? Obviously, Tyson Walker's been starting, but he's clearly the better facilitator. He is the guy that runs the offense. And after a little bit of a slow start, you start to see him push the court, find his guys. He took some jump shots. That was one of our keys, Ryan. I said he has to take jump shots. He took a mid-range, wet, perfect. Right before half, had a step back three. Perfect. Then the second half, he I think he took one more three. He missed it, but you'll take one yeah, for two. Exactly. And I, you know, they interviewed him after the game. He said he watched film with Izzo. He said he's asking himself, "Why am I passing up shots that I would take normally? What's wrong with me?" That's what Walker said. And he said when they watched tape together, Izzo pointed out, "This is where you got to do this, and this is where you got to shoot." And according to Walker, now he only took a couple of jump shots, but still very efficient from him. He knows exactly what he needs to do. Now, Walker has nine points, three for five from the floor, one for two from three. Again, extremely efficient. He had five assists, three turnovers, which a couple were sloppy, and he even realizes that and knows it. A block, a steal, and this guy's all over people. He's getting his hands in the stuff, and it's not gambles. He's smacking the ball away. He sometimes doesn't get the credit for the steal, but he's the reason that this happened. And, you know, he's not getting blown by on the perimeter. Not, you know, I've seen it maybe a handful of times this season. Um, and this guy's an asset, and you just want to see him grow more. And a kid who's transferred to a system that's very specific, 
It's very different from what he's used to. You have to give him a little time to find his comfort level and what he needs to do. Um, and you're seeing it. He's growing already. It's getting better already. Now, this was Western. I don't want to get carried away. But he's been nothing but efficient for Michigan State. You have to look at the stat sheet and at least acknowledge that. He's finding his guys, and he still can shoot more. He's a great shooter. When that starts to happen, good things will happen. Another key, I tweeted this, I talked about this. Marcus Bingham took zero three-point shots. Tyson, two. You want that? You want Tyson to be shooting more than him. And honestly, if Marcus takes one a game, I'm fine with that. Zero, fine, because Marcus was the star. Bing or uh, Hauser had the best, you know, stats according to Ken Bomb. I mean, Bingham had the biggest. Bingham was just awesome, man. Like, I am so incredibly impressed because in the exhibitions, I said it on this podcast. I really don't know if we're gonna get anything new from him. He is becoming indispensable offensively two block or sorry defensively two blocks two steals and so many others that they just cannot get over his length it it ends up being a missed shot but you don't get that in the stat book do you um he (laughs) he was basically getting everything he wanted around the basket and before this season marcus bingham had one post move it was a fadeaway like like jump shot, which you're just like, what? That's like Rashid Wallace, maybe, you give him those. Not Marcus Bingham. He's got little moves. He's, you know, he, he's throwing his shoulder deep into the, the post and getting easy, like, little hooks over the guys. Everything is just beautiful. And I cannot be more excited about the way he's um, acting on the court, his leadership off the court. I saw a quote of him talking about telling – Walker, like, you can shoot it. We know you can shoot it. We need you to. Like, you would never see Marcus making quotes like that. Like, this guy is becoming a leader through his play and his voice. And, you know, Izzo said it in the summer that he's become way more mature at the right time. He goes two for three from the charity stripe, eight rebounds, I'm 12 points. He was extremely close to a double-double. And defensively, the dude is just just amazing right now now he's only played kansas and western we'll see as time goes on the one problem i would say is he's still just averaging about 20 minutes a game um you would love to see more but maybe that will be just where he ends up but then said if he averages 25 plus a year, uh, game this year that he'd win big 10 defensive player of the year so he i mean this guy is awesome right now on both ends it's 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 awesome and extremely exciting there was one play where he was looking around to pass. Everyone left him open, the top of the three, uh, top of the key, behind the three-point line. He kind of thought about shooting, but then he was like, hey, I could just drive this. The lane's wide open. They ended up having to foul him because otherwise it was going to be a, just a monster dunk. And you just never saw this kind of Marcus before. This, this is all new to me, and it's exciting. Malik Hall, he had a really good bounce-back game. He went 3-for-3 three three from the floor. He missed all three of his three-pointers. That's going to come. He's been really poor shooting, but Izzo has been adamant he can shoot, and his stats can back that up. So I think that Malik had a big bounce-back game. Um, he's kind of that – he's never been a 
except for one game against Seton Hall. He's never been this explosive stat sheet guy who's going to really wow you. But he's got a, a nice bag of tricks. He's a well-rounded player. He's very strong. And um, I think he's an asset to bring off the the bench. You really need to see him start hitting some of these shots. But he he played well, in my opinion. He had eight points. A.J. Hogard. Um, another exciting part of this for me. He ends up with seven assists, which is great. Because that would be one of my knocks is that he needs to get more guys um, included. Four rebounds for a point guard. Pretty good. Um, he goes... Three for five from the floor, a little more efficient. He's really finding it easy for him to drive into these smaller guards because he's kind of big and finish. And let me just say this. Back when Cassius Winston was on the team, superstar, right? What happened when he came off the court, Ryan? It was like every Michigan State fan was just counting the seconds until he could sub back in. And now when you've got your first point guard coming off the floor – You've got a pretty solid one backing him up. Mm-hmm. And I would like to see Tyson maybe go 25 minutes and Hogard down to 15, and they kind of go from there. But Hogard's shown he can be an asset to this team. A little wild and sloppy at times, kind of his uh, MO, but um, that's a pretty solid one-two punch at the point guard spot. You don't like... You know those are players that you come in, you're like, dang, they need to get this guy back out there. I'm not feeling that way about Hogard. I'm not feeling like, ah, when is Walker coming back in? I'm feeling good about him. Jaden Akins, awesome game. He had nine points. He's getting rebounds. He had one giant put back for a dunk, showed his athleticism. I think he's going to just start growing. Um, again, this is all Western, but, you know, you could see what he's got. You can see his game. He hit a nice little... Step back jumper. Um, things are coming nicely for him. And then Julius Marble, I have been pleasantly surprised with him. I think he's been good this season. He'll never be a superstar on defense, but he adds scoring in his limited minutes. He is a rebounder. He got six. He had two blocks, which is weird and new for him, and added a steal. Again, all of this against a mid-major. But this was a dominant performance for Michigan State. Dominant. And again, I'll say this 10 times if I need to. Michigan State never had a game last season like this. Doesn't matter who you look at that was on their schedule. No one did they dominate like this. No one. That was true. And you've just got to look at this and be excited. And um, last two guys, and then we can move on. Madi Sissoko comes in. He... Uh, has just eight minutes, but he showed off a really nice little left-handed um, baby hook. And, you know, he's got that size. He got some boards. He got a block. He's going to be a nice piece once he starts to come along. Um, he's he's going – I said to Ryan, he misses his first free throw and makes a second one almost every single time. Yep. And so is that amazing? No, he's going to be probably a little over 50% free throw shooter. But he's adding points when they need him to. And you don't really expect that from him. You expect him to be a defensive guy. Guy gets boards. So that's good to see. And I'm excited for his growth. Pierre Brooks, just a couple of minutes, had a nice um, finish off the glass over people. 
Um, it's a nice little move, and um, you know he's he's not going to play a lot, but it was good to see him still, you know, find his offensive game. And other than that, I don't really recall a lot from him. Um, so this game, dominance on the defensive end. Whenever we play by games, this is my mindset. Hold them to under 50, and I'm excited. I don't care about the other side. Hold them to under 50, we're going to win, probably win big. And you can – this is a, a very stereotypical statement, but defense travels. You can take defense down to Hinkle Fieldhouse, which is where they play on Wednesday. So let's talk about Butler. This is a, a big game. It's the Gavit Games. Um True road game, historic venue. Uh, personally, this one is a little meaningful to me because um, the head coach, Laval Jordan, he grew up in Albion, where I'm from. I, you know, met him when I was young. He was kind of a superstar on our high school team. I've always been cho- uh, cheering for Laval. He, he played at Butler. Right? He played at Butler. He came back, and I have a picture of me, like, when I was young, and him, you know, with a bunch of other kids. Um Wearing his Butler shirt. Uh, I've always been cheering for him. Every every step of the way. Other than Michigan. Other than when he was at Michigan. Well, <laughs> I mean, what am I going to cheer for? Uh, do good as the assistant? I don't, you know, like, when he got the head coach job, I wanted him to kill it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, things are, his seat's a little hot, and I would hate for Michigan State to add to that, but on Wednesday night, I got to cheer against Laval. And um, Ken Palm has this as a one-point win for Michigan State. Butler's 61st in Ken Palm. Michigan State's currently sitting at 26th. Uh, there's a couple of things that pop out to me. They're shooting 40% from three. That's impressive. They're holding their opponents to 22.9. Now, let's talk about their opponents. Not good. IUPUI. They beat them by single digits. At home. They're one of the worst teams in the country, by the way. Now, that was their first game of the season. They, uh, Butler only put up 56. That's probably a little bit of, you know, shaking off the rust type situation. But IPR, not a good team. Central Arkansas, they waxed them. Again, a terrible team. Like 339th in Ken Palm. We're talking about the bottom 5% yeah, of the country. really bad. Um, beat them by 30-something. And then they played Troy, who's 230th on Ken Palm. Now, these numbers are all, you know, they're, they're on a sliding scale because they could change drastically, but these are all mid-majors. They're not going to be, you know, lighting the world on fire. They beat Troy by 11. Now, this kind of plays into what we were just talking about, Ryan. Michigan State was having a little bit of trouble with mid-majors last year. In hindsight, that you can point to say, well, Michigan State wasn't very good last year. Is that what it's saying about Butler? I would tend to lean that way, but I would go deeper to see. Butler last year, 10-15. and 15. Not good. Not a good team. Guess what, Ryan? They basically return the same team. They return a, the same team from a 10-15 and 15 team, a little older, a little healthier, um, and they were missing, uh, let me get his name right, Oh, there's they were missing a guy for these first three games, so you could say they were a little shorthanded. Yeah, he's supposed to play Wednesday. He will be um, available Wednesday. So I don't have his name off the top, but 
Um, you could point to that maybe. My feeling is this. They're not really waxing mid-majors like they should. Some pretty bad ones, too. And they're all at home, of course. And they're, they were a losing team last year. Now, this is a huge game for them. Hinkle Fieldhouse is going to be packed. Yeah, they're going to be a It's going to be rocking. There might be a decent one. They can shoot some here. threes. They are a very slow-paced team. Um, let me see if I can pull up tempo. <laughs> they are 355th in the country oh, in tempo. Lord. They're basically like Wisconsin on crack. Jesus. They, they want to be slow. They want to slow the game down, and they're going to try to take that running away from Michigan State. But you know what? You know how many teams have said we're prepping for Michigan State. We're gonna try to slow them down, it and they didn't, and they failed. I I don't Count, think countless it's amounts. You know what this game reminds me of? That Louisville game where they went to Louisville. What was it? Two or three years ago, when Louisville wasn't that good. This kind of reminds me of that a little bit. And we threw the game. And away. We, we threw the game away. Michigan State one hundred percent should have won that game. Yep. Josh Langford literally threw the ball away for nothing, and it went into OT. It was done. Um. We play Louisville in the same AC, uh, ACC At Big home. Ten Challenge. At home. This is in the Breslin, and Louisville just lost a bye game to Furman. Yeah, they're, uh, they're good. That's good for us. But we're not talking about Louisville right now. But this game is kind of comparable to me in ways with that. Because Louisville that year wasn't a very good team. MSU went on the road there, lost the game. Granted, this Michigan State team probably isn't as good as that one. Probably um, not. But that was an early in the season. Right. That team changed a lot. Um, Aaron Henry wasn't starting at that point. Yep. Nick Ward still was. Is that going to be this team? I hope not because that means somebody's getting hurt. Right. But um, he's got a point. They're going to try to bring Michigan State down to their tempo. And then guess what? Michigan State's got to really put it together in the half court. That means a lot's going to ride on the point guards. Tyson Walker, this is a big game for him. And I think it's coming at the right time. True road game, right when he's kind of – Finding his groove a little bit. This is a big um, sort of statement game for Walker. And Hogard, I don't think this suits him as well. But I think that they are going to rely on a little bit of scoring from him. A little bit of punch when Walker goes off. And uh, basically my feeling is Michigan State's better. Um, Ken Palm thinks so, too. It's just a road game. Which it's the road game aspect. Does Michigan State fall apart? They've had some sloppy turnovers so far in the season, even at the game against Western. If Michigan State plays clean, there's no doubt in my mind. They'll win the game. They're going to win. Now, if they just are a disaster and they shoot themselves in the foot, because that's what I, I see happening if they lose. Yeah, they might narrowly lose, and I think there will be things to build off of. You want to win, of course, but... Um, I am sure, I'm feeling so sure, Michigan State should win this. And I, if I had to pick, I would say they do win. Um, but if they lose, it's because of the things we just talked about. Um, I do they have a line-out for this game here or no? No, I've already checked. They usually do it like the, the day, day before. before. Yeah. Um, it's college basketball. There's a past of like fixing games. That's why they do it, I'm pretty sure. If Ken Palm is a one point, I would say it's going to be not far off of that. Like maybe a maybe two, or maybe three, two or three, yeah, yeah, for Michigan State. Um, 
the shooting worries me in that Michigan State kind of hasn't found its groove yet, and apparently Butler has, and they're at home where they've played all of their games and they've shooting 40% on those rims. That worries me because you you know you could just see a team when they're hitting shots like they gain that confidence the other team's worried because they go down you could see something like that but honestly unless Michigan State really just plays disastrously and it will be because of themselves not because of what Butler's doing um I think that Michigan State can win by double digits am I being too crazy maybe but this just feels also right because they're struggling with their buy games that just does not mean good things. Now, if we were playing Butler way later in the season, I wouldn't point to this, really. But we're playing that's them it. on that's Wednesday. That's all you got for a sample size. Exactly. Um, if Troy is giving them a game <laughs> at Hinkle, I'm pretty sure Michigan State. Did they actually play them close, or was it like... Let's look. Did they just make it look closer than it was? No, they did play them close. It was close. literally tied at yeah. Yeah, they did play him close. They they Butler scored. Well, uh, Ten minutes left. Yeah. It was a four point game. Yep. Now that doesn't mean good things for Butler. I don't care who you are. You don't see the dominant teams in this sport struggle with their bye games. You know how often that's happening? It's like never. It's like literally. Yeah, you never. knew. You knew Michigan. You knew Kentucky was bad last year when they were. Struggling with bye games. That's when you knew they were bad. Any so. honestly, any team. It's a rarity. It's like if they're loaded with like freshmen that are you know four. I mean, every, if you got like an in-state thing where it's like MSU against uh, Oakland or something, and they play them close, then I get it. But if it's some random team like Troy, then no, it doesn't make much sense. I mean, this, these were all at Hinkle. Yeah, I mean, this <laughs> maybe they weren't selling out. They're probably going to be a much more raucous crowd for I, Michigan State. I I do think there's going to be a decent amount of Michigan State fans at this game. By the way, um, let's look at the size on Butler. Six nine is their biggest guy, and they'll bring a Marcus six nine. Marcus Bingham should have a big advantage over them. Look for Marcus to dominate on both ends, and I say dominate in the Marcus Bingham way. He's not gonna, you know, put up twenty and ten. Right, but he is a defensive stopper. He is a guy that really causes issues. Now on the other side, he's really blossoming. I I see this as a game where he should have an advantage. He, I mean, this might be a good a prime double double candidate game for him. To be yes, honest. yeah. And uh, Michigan State has size advantage just across the board. Um, it's not like so significant, and that you should say like, you know, we we should go straight into the post left and right. But definitely, Marcus being a matchup against Bryce Golden, their starting six nine senior. Um, who, by the way, one rebound against Troy. Six points. I mean, this is, Marcus Bingham should be licking his chops for this game. And we'll see um, if that the player who hasn't played yet, when I'm kind of bothering me that I can't remember his name. We'll see what he can bring. But I just, I, I approach these games the same every time. And this just does not look like a Butler team that's going to be good to me. They literally were a losing team last year. They had a losing record. I, I, I try to not take a lot of last year into consideration just based on how weird it was. but Pandemic, like, yeah. yeah. You're returning with, like, damn You are returning team. everybody, though, so there has to be. You have to take at least something. They got older. Year. They could be shooting better. You know, 
fans could help, especially at Hinkle, but right. hasn't helped them all that much. And I'll tell you right now, if you're playing a game against IUPUI, I don't care if it's the first game of the season. That's not good. IUPUI, I looked them up. They, I want to uh, see our recap of the game. That's what I want to see. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, it was a 13-point game with 10 minutes left, but still, I mean, it, they should have blown them out. I mean, it's not not great to beat them by nine points, <laughs> period. Yeah, um, and IUPUI shot 13% from three. So Yeah, it's pretty bad. It's pretty terrible. It wasn't like they were hanging around just because no. they were hitting shots. Um Let's go a little deeper and then we can move on. Because rebounds are going to be the name of the game here. That's, let's be real. That's an Izzo benchmark. Rebounds. And he has always, always emphasized that. You know why? Because it means more possessions. You get to score more with more possessions. IUPUI, 26 boards to Butler's 38. I mean... That's uh, Butler won there. Yeah. Um, Central Arkansas, 26 to Butler's 37. So Butler won there. So they're beating the bad opponents with... And, Troy, 21 to Butler's 35. Yeah. So um, They're beating their bad opponents. They are a good defensive rebounding team. I know that for a fact. Um, offensively, they're so-so. Um, that's going to be a big... Like, if Michigan State can win on the offensive boards, this is for sure a win. But, you know, there's a lot that has to come into play. This is going to be a very, you know, raucous environment. It's going to be um, the biggest – I don't want to say the biggest test because Kansas was definitely harder in a, you know, in the Madison Square Garden. But a true road game is a true road game. Everybody there is cheering against you, pretty much. And this is a historic venue. It's a place that's seen a lot of wins. Um, In the end, uh, we can't really pick the line, but I think Michigan State's going to win. I I think they're going to win this game. I expect them to. Um, I don't want to draw too much from Western, but I think there's a couple of things you see in Western that don't matter who you're playing. Rebounding, defense. Um, MSU's been, you know, other than Kansas, who kind of tore them apart, uh, you know, offensively they had their way. But Michigan State is, you know, a lot better than that Kansas game we've talked about. So we can talk this into the ground, but I'm expecting a Butler win, or a a win over Butler. And then they play Eastern on Saturday. We're not going to pod before that. We don't have to go super in-depth on Eastern this. Is, Michigan State's going to win. They're going to win the game. It's a bye game. Um, Ken Palm has it as a 23-point win. Uh, I'm guessing it'll be more than... Pretty similar to Western. Maybe a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, they're picked better by Ken Palm. But it's just going to be a big Michigan State win. And I do expect them to go into next week at 3-1. and one. And then they've got some... Some tough games coming up. Yeah, but the big one here is Butler, obviously. That would be extremely good win to... You know, a road game is always good, but road game against Power 5, 
you know, this, especially if it were big, which is kind of what I'm expecting, double digits, that'd be impressive. I don't want to get carried away, though. But Eastern Michigan, don't even have to preview them. They're, it's going to be a win for Michigan State. And you just kind of want to see some of the other things that we continue to talk about. You want to see Walker facilitate, shoot. You want to see Bingham do his currently his thing. That's what he's been doing. And the rest of the team to probably improve that outside shooting as well. Um, we'll look for those against Eastern. But Butler, big one on Wednesday, 7 p.m. on Fox. He's on FS1. FS1. Okay. Um, okay, so we're going to get into our picks. Ryan had a tough week. Um, one and four. Kind of going the wrong way there, Ryan. Running out of time. He's 37, 2, and 43. I went 3 and 2. 47, 2, and 33. Um, so let's get into it. Purdue, kind of a little bit of the hot hand, a little bit, against Northwestern. What do you got? Yeah, I'm picking uh, Purdue because Northwestern sucks. So. I don't know if I said the line. It's 12. It's 12. Um, In Evanston. We've been picking against Northwestern pretty much every week, and it has not come back to bite me at least. So I'm going with Purdue. Um, Penn State. 17.5-point favorites against Rutgers. This is um, at Penn State, and I think this line is a little bit a bit weird. What do you think, Ryan? Yeah, weird number. Uh, I don't think – I mean, Rutgers has been struggling other than last week when they beat the hell out of, Indi- out of Indiana, but I'm going to take the Scarlet Knights just because of that 17.5 number. It's weird. I agree. I think it's just too many. Um I don't think Rutgers is really going to be in the game, but to cover 17.5, I think, is a smarter pick. But <laughs> we'll see. They had a big win against Indiana, and that's really throwing me mainly. Um, agreeing with you there. Iowa, minus 12 against Illinois. This is at Kinnick. What do you think, Ryan? Yeah, Iowa seems like the easy pick here. I get they haven't been playing great recently, but Illinois, yeah, I get the upset. Uh, Penn State on the road, but Illinois is not still not good. So yeah, I'm taking the Hawkeyes. I'm gonna agree with you. I don't really know where to go here, but I can feel like you know Iowa plays well at home. Um, that's really all I've got. Unless they play David Bell, and they get torched. <laughs> but yeah, Illinois is not a top ranked new no. team. Um, Michigan, 15 point favorites over Maryland. This is at College Park. What do you think, Ryan? Yeah, I'm picking uh, Michigan to cover here because, like I said, I've said this many times on this podcast, Jim Harbaugh likes to beat the hell out of bad teams. Maryland's a bad team. They will cover the spread, I think, pretty easily, actually. So I'm taking Michigan. This was a tough one for me, but a lot of teams have been having their way with Maryland. You know, they're 5-5, five and five, though, and this, you know, that's it's, uh, it's not bad. It's a home Maryland game. Football. I just don't think that. Like Maryland doesn't sell out or anything, they, do they? They they're they have one of the worst crowds in the Big Ten. This is probably going to be a Michigan cover. So I've been picking them. They're pretty good against the spread. We'll ride with that. Wisconsin, nine and a half point favorites against Nebraska, and this is where at Wisconsin, which makes this line weird to me. But, oh uh, man, go ahead. Yeah, I've got. Uh, I'm taking the Badgers. Uh, I. I don't think Nebraska is really checked out to be honest, but I don't. It's hard to get up when you're three and set when you're. I think they're three and seven now. 
hard to get up when you're three and seven uh, for a road game at Camp Randall. I've seen, I saw Michigan State go there two years ago and get shit kicked by them, and Michigan State was down bad. So yeah, and they've been playing well. Yeah, um, I feel like this is such a good bet. I'm gonna go look this up. I might take uh, that for myself. I gotta go with Wisconsin. That seems like a good one. Um, Nebraska's randomly just gives people really good games, though, so it's... I guess, yeah. It's, it's hard to pick, but I think this is a good one. Um, Minnesota, seven-point favorites over Indiana. Um, and this is in... Um, this is at Indiana. Yeah, I uh, Indiana's been playing pretty terribly lately. Um have they won? I don't think they've won a single Big Ten game. Um, like maybe I'm wrong, but uh, they are. They've not been playing well. Um, I am picking uh, Minnesota here to cover. Okay, so I kind of like the Hoosiers here. I think they need a win bad. I think they no, they didn't. No, they just lost to Rutgers. I thought that was like I think yeah, they got yeah, blown they got out, blown and out. that's probably part of this line. Yeah, but at home. Seven point dogs, and it's not like Minnesota's like some light the world on fire team. So I think that Indiana could cover. Let's say that I don't... Minnesota. I'll say this about Minnesota: they've taken some really bad L's this year. They lost to Bowling Green at home, and they lost uh, Illinois. I can see this being a game, and so seven point home dogs. I like that a lot. So I'm going to differ with you there. All right, final one, big one. Um, literally by the number. <laughs> Ohio State is 19-point favorites against Michigan State. We have talked about this. Um, Ryan, what do you think? Yeah, I, I, I hate to say this, but I'm going to pick Ohio State to cover. I just think that they're too good. I get Michigan State is great against the spread this year. Um, they're 8-2, but I just think Ohio State's that good. I, I think they're going to blow out MSU, and I hope I'm wrong. Now... In 2017, is it? Yeah. Um, Michigan State was came it, in. They were like 17-point dogs. And people yeah. were like, why is the line that big? And they got blown out. And people were like, oh, that's why. Um, I think this team's better. I think that they're probably better against the spread, too. I don't know if that's accurate. But they're 8-2 against the spread. 9-1 and one on the season. And you're giving this 9-1 and one team 19 points. And I know Ohio State can really put up numbers. But we've talked about this. This is going to be one of the best teams they play all season. You're giving them 19? I just... I don't... Yeah, I mean, this this spread, I'll say this. This is bigger than the Penn State one, I'm pretty sure, which is kind of crazy to me. But, you know, it. who knows? I mean, I, just I, feel... still, I still just don't see it. I hope I'm wrong. But... He's... <laughs> I think that Michigan State has an outside chance to win. And they're giving them 19. I've got to go with the numbers here. I have money on this in real life. Um, it's just too good to pass up for me. Uh, too big of a number. I could totally be wrong. Don't hold it against me. I think that Michigan State can easily cover this number. It it seems wildly huge to me, and people who know football like Ryan and others we've talked to are like, no, I think it it'll be even more. Like you know, they'll win by twenty five. I think all the football heads are thinking the same thing, and I'm going with my same approach with the numbers that has gotten me to forty seven two and thirty three. I think that you've got to look at just in a vacuum, 
Michigan State has been awesome against the spread, and this is the biggest one against them they'll face all year, albeit the best team they'll play so far. This Well, okay. maybe the best team they play all year, just across the board. Who knows on that end, but um, we've talked about this, you know, ad nauseum. I've got to go with our Spartan dogs to cover. <laughs> not Not anything other than that in this regard. So there you have it. That's our picks. Um, hoping for that triple dub week. Um, Ryan said he would uh, trade a Butler, l- lost a Butler for a win against Ohio State. Wow, Ryan, it's really brave of you. I, I said I said maybe I'd even take an Eastern loss. I I, 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 I seriously, if you win this game, you're basically almost guaranteeing yourself to go to Indy because you're probably going to beat Penn State the next week if you win this game. So. You can see another letdown week, though. You know, I totally agree with you, though. But Penn State's going to be a challenge in itself. And um, I'm just not ready to throw the towel in on the basketball season like that. Uh, No, but Butler, yeah. Why not? I mean, that's a meaningless game. Right. You know, that has no real implications except for, like, a resume booster. Um, I hope that they cover. I hope that Michigan State, quote, shocks the world. But um, the cover feels very good to me. Um, So there you have it. Uh, That's all we got for this time. And um, until the next time we pod, hopefully we've got three dubs to talk about. Go green. Go white. What do you think? Terps beating Terps too often this season. I like turtles. All right, your drink is on me. Here's the ball free foot. They've got great success this season. They strike again. This time by Ty Foster. Touchdown for 52. And they got the usual from Kenneth Walker. 143 yards, two more touchdowns. Michigan State is 9-1 as they bounce back from their first loss of the season. And a matchup for the Buckeyes on deck.